everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes to make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio, brought to you by us. Hey, this is John. I'm Luke. And Tex. And we're here to answer some more questions from our amazing hotline yes. for episode 418. It's hot, John. It's is very it, hot out there. Well, we have this killer hotline where we just kick it out there. We ask the people listening to Power Athlete Radio to call in, ask questions, regale us with information about trucks and other mundane things. And on occasion, we get some pretty solid nuggets that we can move through and answer and potentially drive you in the right place so that you can make an excellent decision and keep kicking ass. I have a new review for to read. Oh, you know I love reviews. Well, also, I think Tex has been going out to the bars and giving this number as his number because <laughs> there's a lot of real sloppy girls calling asking for training advice. Big <laughs> Tex. Oh. Oh, you mean the kettlebell? Yeah, I was thinking the trailer. <laughs> eh, she's about 20 feet <laughs> she her ass end folds up into some ramps uh-huh, uh-huh. no just kidding ladies and gentlemen that was a joke no. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the review in which was left five stars oh, oh. of course really? boom I can't believe wait, it wait for our show no John do you believe that uh, I can't oh, Hank this is from Hank the title from Arnold to John a garage gym enthusiast. I was in the dark for nearly 20 years reading things like Muscle and Fitness and T Nation, with the exception of certain writers like Dan John. I learned more about strength and conditioning from listening to Power Athlete in the last two years than I did anything else the last 20. Huh. Now, I am able to put things in my training and actually see the intended results. What a concept. At 6'5 and 300 pounds, I attribute Power Athlete to letting me keep up with people half my size in my no-contact, twice-a-week flag football league. My guy. Nice. Thanks, Hank. Thank you, Hank. Hank is the best of what we hope for here at Power Athlete Radio, and we thank you for your five-star review. And I will be a monkey's uncle if his homies do not call him Hank the Tank. How can you not? Six, five, three hundred pounds? Wouldn't he be Big Hank? I mean, we got Big Tex over here. Big Hank, Big Tex? But Master Blaster? To be big, to, to be big, text you got to weigh more than two hundred three pounds. I weigh more than two hundred three pounds. I do. You do weigh two hundred three pounds. Bring your freaking scale down here. We'll have a weight off. Well, why do you bring a scale? I want to know yeah. what you're weighing yourself yeah, on. Yeah, I want to see your scale set up. I gotta buy a scale. I don't you don't even have a scale, and you claim to know your body weight, John. Something's broken here. Uh, I just want you to step on it. And you're like, oh, one. Get on the scale. Get off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what gem do we have polishing right now and for Power Athlete Hotline? Well, John, I'm going to ask a request for the listeners first. If you want to be like Hank and you want to give us some feedback, head to Power Athlete on iTunes and leave us a review. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, five star. Be honest and just make it five stars. That's all that matters. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, John, we did. If you select- don't like it, you can go to Ben Greenfield's podcast and leave one-star reviews. Yeah, go live with him for a week, and then you'll <laughs> thank us. It's like, uh, um, there's got to be... It's like going home from college to live with the, stay with your parents, and they're like, where, where are you going? What time are you coming home? And you're like, oh, God, I should have never come home. <laughs> I was thinking more of like, uh, you know, you break up with your sigo, and then you go try to date the field. There's got to be a movie about that. Is that Failure to Launch with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, where I, you realize I, I cherish his whole, his whole collection. Yes, yes. Especially... Um, is it McCon? Is Dragonheart McConaughey? Yeah, yeah, where he, yeah, where he plays yeah. the um, he on his interview with Rogan. Rogan asked him about that, where he plays that character, and his comment was, uh, "I wasn't Dragonheart. Uh, no, it was uh, Rain of Fire. Rain of yeah. Fire. That's uh, what that is. Definitely. He goes, creatine does some amazing things to my arms, <laughs> and Rogan was like, really, creatine? And I, at that point, like, I fell off my stool. Delete, delete, delete. We've been we've been recommending that every 
vertebra on the planet should be taking creatine. If you have bones in your body, you should be consuming mm-hmm. creatine, not only for strength, but also for ATP. Uh, the studies came out where it's reducing you know, uh, you know, cognitive issues in older people. And I've always been on this creatine. So it was ironic that even Rogan was like, huh, creatine, really? And I was like, oh my God. You want to get burned real quick? I, I welcome, <laughs> for the sake of the podcast. It is. Uh, Tex, do you take creatine? No. Oh, because you're spineless. Because uh, uh, <laughs> you don't have a bone in your body. You yeah. just you just made a tzatziki sauce. But realistically, when I, like, I was going to ask you, how do you know if you've got bones in your body? And then it talked me in this whole wormhole of Futurama, and there's an episode about bonitis with random bone breaks, and like it was just getting dirty. So let's get back into yeah. Let's get back into let's, the uh, Yeah, let's figure out a, a good question for yeah. episode so, 418. So let's see. Hotline's open. We've got Brian. And he called 929-464-464. 929-ing-ing. Zero. And left us a message. And we're about to play it and then answer it. Let's hear from the bride man. And, and thoroughly. Here we go. Hey, Power Athletes. This is Brian. A big fan. Been following you guys for a while here. Uh, I'm an Army reservist, and we have the new ACFT, the Army Combat Fitness Test, that's being implemented now. I was just wondering uh, what would be the best program that you guys would recommend and also just kind of some of the exercises for the specific training on that. Uh, one of the things that me and a buddy of mine have been talking about is how to maximize the standing power throw, which is a 10-pound medicine ball thrown behind us for distance. The max distance is 15.3 meters. Um, I know this is a display of power, but one of the things we're thinking is maybe some power cleans or you know kettlebell swings to kind of help this out. So. Maybe a topic here for the show to discuss. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Can I give a little background or text where you want to go with it first? Well, I got the new fitness test. Well, I want to let's yeah let's, let's give a little yeah let's okay. So 2017, it wasn't the ACFT. It was yeah. The APFT, right? Yeah, which was uh, push up, sit ups, and a and a, a mile two, two, yeah, two, two, two mile, mile run. Army two mile physical run. fitness test. And the way they scored it is like they also blocked the scoring um, curve. Right, depending on like your runtime yeah. by age by and age, by yeah. gender. Yeah. So it's gender and age, I think. It wasn't MLS, was yeah. it? Yeah, no. So gender, age, you had to hit like certain numbers and um, like it wasn't uncommon to max out. So it was possible to max out the test. Well, it, it was uh, 1983. The Army went to this newer test as uh, a, a feeling that they could make it, I guess, more uh, genderly yeah, inclusive inclusive, right. and also could be done anywhere without special equipment. Around that time, yogging was a big... Yeah. Uh, I, I think in the... Man, was it 1980? Uh, an American won the marathon. Yeah, or maybe it was late 70s, whatever. Like that, yeah, right? like uh, an American won the Olympic marathon. Uh, and, yeah, first and second. Yeah. yeah. And that basically set on fire America for this craze of yogging, which is funny <laughs> because I actually remember my parents parents wearing jogging pants and going jogging and like my dad continued to jog uh for years on end and i remember he had a one mile loop that he ran and he'd come home and i'd be like hey you gonna run farther he's like no i ran my one mile and it's That's like, all i got time for it's like anchorman too like people are like have you heard of this jogging thing oh is that a jogging suit? Yeah. Doris, your jogging suit. Dude, oh my gosh, uh, are you jogging now? I'm not kidding you. Like the, uh, I remember in the early '80s, like everybody was rocking like jogging suits, oh, yeah, and yeah. there was like joggers, and like jogging was a real thing, and there was this idea that there was a relationship between jogging and fitness. And there is. Uh, maybe there could be. Um, could be Jen. So uh, that so 1983, all of a sudden that hits, and then what we saw was the, basically the lollipop of mediocrity entering into oh God, the army. What a great picture. Uh, where all of a sudden now you no longer needed to train because your score on the PT test was also linked to your promotion. So like there became like this idea of like, hey, uh, you know, my PT test and how I'm scoring leads to promotion. So these guys legitimately saw maxing out sit ups and push ups and a two mile run Mm -hmm. as a metric for advancement into, you know, farther up the chain. Right. Right. And then ultimately, uh, as we went in and started working in like these modern days where there's been, you know, we kind of. Like CrossFit did put like bring this into the mainstream that sure. hey, okay if we kind of block this out and put some guardrails around it there's actually a really effective way to train with like a barbell and dumbbells and kettlebells sure. that's not body weight and then allowed provided platforms for really 
intelligent voices like John yours and the teams here and like other you know sharp tools in this in well what we industry. saw was that uh, the so people weren't necessarily using the test the way it was intended. Right. So they were training for the test instead of training and then just using this the, test as, as just a, a yeah, as just the a benchmark. Drove the training. So so, so then morning, six AM people are doing hundreds of sit ups and hundreds, hundreds of push ups and run. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they load up a you know, a backpack with sixty or ninety pounds and next thing you know they got kyphosis and their upper back is shattering and their knees yeah. are fat shattering and because they these boots with with like a yeah. six degree drop and yeah. and they yeah. You know, and they're out there. And so the problem became like, uh, you know, if my advancement has to do with, you know, the ability to execute this test, I'm going to train for this test and then I'm going to get injured. And part of the reason we went and worked with the 18th Airborne Corps was they had so many people on profile, which meant that they were kind of like on injured reserve yeah. where they were, uh, you know, had been injured in the training, somewhere been injured into this, came into the Surgeon's Corps and got kind of put into this, uh, uh, you know, almost segmented into this deal with, you know, profiles. And we went in with the 18th Airborne Corps and the Surgeons Corps to help reduce injuries by implementing a strength and conditioning program like you see here at Power Athlete mm-hmm. into the 18th Airborne Corps as uh, for injury prevention. Right. Effectively strengthen the organism, put them into a smart training block, and then uh, you know allow them to go out and continue to do the test. But while we were in the mix on that, the Army decided to drop the ACFT. Which is a major accomplishment for them, yeah. to be honest with you. Like, people are bitching about it, but from what I understand... It's, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. If they really wanted to fix it, they would have put pull-ups in. Yeah. It's kind of uh-huh. like um, in, in all of the work that I've done with uh, the Army, um, the Navy, you know, and especially on like the side of working with NSW and, and uh, um, the Marines... The one thing that was universal is like even old Marines are pretty fit, yeah. right? Because they have to do pull-ups. Mm-hmm. So like the the idea of like it's tough to do pull-ups with a fat ass. Like if you, you got to be pretty fit to do pull-ups. Yeah. If you want to start segmenting the market, force people to do pull-ups. Pull-ups, and then like even if they was getting radical, John, like a short shuttle or like not like a. I think two miles is fine, but like what about like an eight hundred? Or a thousand meter, like well, 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 the um, the thing that we saw uh, when I first went in and started working with NSW was um, understanding the demands. Is like these guys needed big aerobic capacity and the ability to move heavy loads over long distances at kind of a, a you know slower pace. Like, hey, I got to fight, uh, like hike ten clicks with a you know eighty ninety pound uh, you know pack on my back. Right. I need to drop it and then I need to be able to sprint fifty yards into a fight, get into a stressful situation and then sprint out, put on a pack and get out of there. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at the demands of that, um, you know, and demands of these individuals and then looking at the test and the way they were effectively testing if these guys were prepared, it just didn't translate the same way. Mm-hmm. And um when it was really eye opening and I think what do we teach like seven, eight plus seminars for the 18th Airborne Corps, uh-huh. really going in there and then dropping training programs in with the, you know, and we said, hey, give us some random amount of M- uh, MOSs. And, um, you know, like we want to see everybody. I want to see all the different ranks, all the different jobs. And we want to see if we can universally come in and train these individuals, not just as soldiers, but as soldier athletes. Yeah. And, and so for, for maybe like civilian folks who are listening, not too familiar, because uh, it was a learning experience for me, like... The army is just like a really, really big corporation. So they got like yeah. mailroom folks, you know, like that are just kind of delivered. They have landscapers. Yeah. So like, there's jobs that need to be done in the army that are not trigger pulling or not forward facing. Yeah. Mechanics, and dude. Yeah. Do you- those people, and not just mechanics, but like, think about going to a garage, like a mechanic shop, and then there's like the one gal behind the counter who just orders the parts. Yeah. Like that person's a soldier. Yeah. So the. Yeah, there's like uh, uh, the secretary's pool. I mean, uh, do you remember? I I still remember probably the single most difficult job I'd I'd ever encountered thus in the army was the dude. I don't know if you remember. He was the generator mechanic. So the big airborne. Yeah, yeah. So so the big uh, missile batteries. When you see those like big boxes that just shoot like you know twenty missiles, those are run by generators, and those generators go down because they're in sandy hot places. And the one thing that uh, electronics and wires and electricity don't like is sand and heat. So this guy's job was he would have to parachute in with like all of his, uh, you know, tools and a rifle and then have to like work on the generators, which are in forward deal. And so the guy's like, I got a gun. People are shooting at me and I'm trying to fix these. Yeah, like, 100 pounds of tools. Like, yeah. And they, they're basically dropping me and I have to go in and diagnose and fix these generators. And as the guy's telling me about his job, I'm like, 
Damn. So not only do you have to be like an electrical engineer that you can diagnose in the process, you have to be a mechanical engineer. So I have my tools and you got to be skilled at jumping and you got to make sure you don't get your head blown off and you have to be able to be able to, to return fire in case shit goes down. That dude, I looked and I remember I put my hand on his shoulder and I was like, this program is designed for you. Like, like you are the best of what we hope for. If we can make you able bodied to be able to do this, then I feel that this was a success off of this one individual. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was, it's pretty interesting. I think what Luke's bringing it up is like, there's a lot of support staff. Uh, when everybody thinks the military, they think door kickers, trigger pullers, you know, people outside the wire, but there's a much larger group of individuals that are kind of support staff inside the wire that are making the whole machine continue to run. Who are held to the same standards. Standards. Yeah, correct. Which maybe have a different appetite for this type of stuff. Which I'll present. Yeah. So now we're getting into enter the ACFT 2018 is when the pilot was like spun up, I think. And is that confirmed or? Yeah. And now we're live. October 2020 was it's official. Two so, years so, to do some exercises. That's so good. Like, well, but think, think about the amount of trap bars oh. they had to buy from Sornex. Well, and let's, let's, I mean, the I'm going to go through the was, drills yeah. and the the standards. We yeah. use that word, and then we we can add the commentary. Yeah, yeah. movement, let's do it. movement by movement. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so here's a. All right. So the three. There are three rules. I'm off the army.mil ACFT website. So nothing crazy. Uh, this is the three rules that they present. Rule number one, October 2020, the ACFT becomes the Army's PT test. Soldiers will temporarily utilize, this is the first rule of Fight Club, sem- sh- soldiers will temporarily use utilize the plank exercise in lieu of the lead leg tuck no. to assist in transitioning to the full test. Oh my gosh, that's so, funny. So they already gave up on one of the exercises. Well, the, rule, the yeah, I mean. Yeah. Rule two, every year active army, AGR soldiers will take two ACFTs. Reserves and guard soldiers will take one oh. ACFT. Okay. Number three, no adverse administrative actions will be taken against a soldier for failing the ACFT and a soldier's score or comments on performance will not be used administratively during the data collection period. So no punishment, not connected to your uh, advancement. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, I, those I, are the three rules. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like in launch as of right now. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, so we also saw it. So we went and worked with the 18th Airborne Corps and then we able, we were able to, um, you know, take the information that we had learned. And then we were approached by the Texas National Guard mm-hmm. uh, that was looking for a solution to effectively prepare and increase readiness yeah, for this. National Guard is, yeah. reports through the Army and they're held to the ACFT standards. But, well. but they don't, but they're not like 24 hours a day on base as army guys no, they're like two oh, weekends a month yeah two two weekends a, a month and two weeks a year yeah so they're actually training away from right. situations so we needed so we were approached by the texas national guard to come in and implement power athlete systems to effectively help train and prepare for the acft so what was kind of neat uh we developed some pretty cool programs so the one program we developed with the 18th airborne corps and also the guys for nsw and door kickers was really the hammer program right uh, that was the program that, and codename Hammer, the Holistic Athlete Movement Readiness Program, uh, was the one that we designed for the 18th Airborne. And when that kind of died out in contracting with, you know, the really interesting piece of we were coming in hard and then the ACFT hit and all of a sudden then it was like requirements the requirements changed, requirements changed and, you know, people got transferred. And so we still had that program. And then when we were plo- uh, approached by the Texas National Guard. We designed the armor program. Right. So we'll time out there for a cliffhanger text. Go through the events because that's oh, yeah. going to be important in yep. talking through like the nuts and bolts of that one. All right. This is a 50 minute test it's scalable from administratively one athlete to 120 no that's what they claim mm-hmm. okay this is off i think it's great army.mil 120 Doc. people okay go ahead mm-hmm. well but if you run them in groups mm. like uh, but does everybody have to start with the same or can you kind of just start everybody in different places we're gonna find out I a think. company of 120 soldiers could be tested in a little over two hours using 16 lanes of equipment Okay. I so mean, fifty minutes. They have to wave. Yeah, fifty minutes, and now they give yeah. you the opportunity to wave out if you have them. I mean, they're not wrong, but we'll get to the pinch point in that as well. Go ahead. All right. So fifty minutes. Yes. That's that's the 
for six exercises. Uh -huh. All right. First exercise, and these are I'm presenting them in the order that they will be executed. Okay. First one is a three rep max deadlift on a trap bar. It, 60 pound hex bar and plates. The field test, 60 points is low. So if you don't break 60 points, you fail. 60 points is equal to 140 pounds for three rep max. Top 100 score, 340 pounds for three rep max. So spans out. But burn. Burn. That's movement number one. Now, the website also includes recommendeds for how to train for these. We're going to skip over those. Now, number two is our standing power throw. So after you finish your deadlift, you move on to throw a 10-pound medicine ball backwards overhead for distance in your lane. Uh, I remember watching the demos, and I don't think that these people had ever really ever learned how to throw a med ball in terms of developing triple extension and getting oh, yeah. full extension and full throw. So a uh, 15-meter throw should be absolutely nothing for a 10-pound med ball, assuming that you understand the trajectory. 15 meters, let's not get crazy because 60 points, you have to throw it 4.5 meters. That's passing. 100 points, maxing out your score, 12.5 meters. Wow. 25 feet. 10 pounds. Wow. I, I like I, I can't even imagine like um, it was pretty interesting that our caller was it Chris Brian 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 uh, the Brian man uh, was a little curious about how you train for that uh, you train follow a power athlete system and then when you go to the thing they hand you a med ball and you huck that thing as far as you can in a yeah. reverse throw we'll get to like that. yeah yeah so so we got med ball throw movement three hand release push up. Good enough. I mean, they have. I like them. I have two nuance. I like T or what did they? I like the hand release. I I don't know. So I like the hand release because the chest has to stay on the ground. Yeah, and so there's like I remember they they went through iterations of this where you lower to the ground and have to like go to a T at the side, right? So like arms totally extend the side, then re-engage versus like the CrossFit style hand release. But I also seen videos of the CrossFit style. So hand release push-ups. I'm not bad at either. Two minutes, sixty points. So passing. 10, 100 points, max out, 60, 60 reps. 60 is cooking, I think. Two minutes. For a hand release. For, for like two minutes? Normal, yeah. I mean, it's 30 a minute. Mm -hmm. So while I'm working through the website, I'm not mad at it because it shows how to train and offer some exercises and then application to the common shoulder and then about four or five tasks that connect said. So they're doing like at least a pipeline and justification of why this is included in the yeah. test. That's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Like, yeah. that's more than I'm not, when we this is a beautiful website. I think it's great. Uh, so it's come a long way since 2018? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Good for them. All right. Next, this is the most complex one. All right. So this is where the lanes come into effect for a sprint drag carry. Conduct five times a 50-meter shuttles for time sprint drag lateral shuffle carry and sprint trying to find the the piece by piece so the carry is some kettlebells so the sprint you're unloaded going 50. oh yep i got it here okay all right starting position so you start up in a push-up on the end line and then they give you a command get set and it's like a 25 meter out okay 25 meter back got it. equals you are 50. uh first movement on go you're going to sprint 25 meters, you must touch the end line and sprint 25 back. Your next movement is a sled drag. So it's a backwards drag. Huh. Um, so 25 meters, you're dragging the sled. Uh, I don't got to wait here initially. And then 25 meters back and with the drag, your next movement, lateral shuffle. So you face one direction, shuffle 25 meters, touch, touch the line with your hand. Shuffle 25 back. And then finally, carry. So a new piece of equipment, two 40-pound kettlebells. Mm. And you're, you're, you're cooking. So you try to move this as quickly as you can uh, for the carry. And What's then, the distance on the carry? 25. 25. 25, 25. So. And then final, once you place the kettlebells back down on the ground, safely cross the line, you finish with one final sprint. Same 25 out, touch the line and sprint to your finish in time. Didn't you have to do a buddy? Like, wasn't it a... Yeah, it was a dummy drag. Dummy drag? Yeah. Sounds so, a sled, though? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think the uh, 
there was probably problems with ac- uh, accessing the reverse dummy drive. Right. You know, so they're probably looking in the trainability part. And like but, storage. <laughs> yeah, like you got all these dummies. Yeah. Anyway. But I, I think that the sled drag, is it, uh, is it around a belt or is it by the hand? So it's kind of... No handles, like... So it, it's kind of like... Um, uh, yeah, like, spart- like Spartan Rose. We see yeah. the Spartan yeah. Rose. I, I mean, I'm looking at the demo videos. They got like just standard truck straps. So then after the shuttle... Yeah. Uh, then final sprint and that's... Well, yeah, but that's not all the events. Is that six? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I thought you meant in the, within that. I'm just trying to find a weight. Only weight they list are the oh not here it is ninety pound sled mm. so, so two forty five kettlebells and the ninety pound sled sixty points you complete this within three minutes mm. a total of two hundred fifty meters and one hundred points you finish in one minute and thirty three seconds mm. wow that's, that's cooking mm-hmm. all right the next the leg tuck the dreaded leg tuck the LTK. All right. Complete as many leg tucks as possible. Maintain relative vertical posture, blah, blah. Uh, basically, here's what it is. Uh, I'm on my pull-up bar on some playground, whatever, but then my hands are stacked like so. Imagine two fists on top of each other. Like and, an axe handle. Yeah. Yep. And then I'm full extension. My hips are open. My knees are open. My feet all the way down, straight line from my hands to my feet. And what I have to do... Yes, yeah, so you're hanging from the bar with the axe handle grip hanging from the bar with an axe handle grip and I have to find a way to tuck and bend at the elbows and get my knees to touch my elbows. Yeah, so it's knees to elbows. Uh-huh. With this axe handle grip. Yeah, hanging knees to elbows with instead of a double overhand or double underhand yeah. or alternate. Well, I guess it is technically like a switch grip, isn't it? But Yeah, but the problem is there uh, you're not facing the bar, you're kind of underneath yeah, the bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of strange. There is no time it's just max reps. 60 points passing. Guess how many reps, guys? Four. Four. One. No! One! He's got to get one, huh? This is ACFT 2.0. They've changed. Yeah, they have. This is what they changed. Uh, 100 points, 20. 20 reps. In a minute. So this... No I time. Remember, oh, yeah. no time. So I remember testing this. This one was spicy. Oh, it is. Like, it's good. Text, remember we did it. I think you got three or four. I got 12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, like, I remember you got one. No, John, no. Uh, I got 50. Yeah. Uh, Poor Tex. Uh, no, Tex I crushed these. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he crushed me for sure. But that that's where the most people had the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now they, they can sub that in for just doing a plank hold. Planks. Well, this was their alternative. They feared the pull up and decided to implement this. Yeah, they'd be better with pull-ups. Yeah, I feel just, so as well. Just one. Well, actually, this is probably more gnarly than pull-ups. So they, if they can get people competent in this, they'll be in a pretty good place. This could just be the test. Do 20 of these, and you'll probably be a pretty good soldier. Uh, see Simplify your a lot of shit. All right, and then the final. Two-mile run. Two-mile run. Two-mile runs for time, and we got a 60-point passing, 21 minutes. What's the math on that? I wasn't listening. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Mile. Oh, yeah, ten and a half, two mile. One hundred. That stuff. Uh huh. One hundred points for thirteen thirty. Wow, oh, six fifteen, mm-hmm. or like 7, thirteen. Uh, no, it'd be six forty five. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Six thirty seven, right? No, I. Wait. What do you say? Thirteen fifteen. Thirteen thirty. Thirteen thirty. So six forty five. Yeah, six forty five. Pace. Now, this is an example of the infinite wisdom of the powers that be in the army. There is a detail in there that Tex shared that made this hell for contracting officers to shop for equipment, which is a 60-pound trap bar. Well, do you know the why? The trap bar is 60 pounds. Do you know why? I was thinking about this. So uh, what would 345s on either side of a 60-pound bar be? So 345s, you're looking at... 345s on either side. Two, so 315 plus 15 would be 330. And then what, what if they had five-pound collars? That was how they were. I, maybe they were thinking like, well, maybe we'll actually put five-pound collars to get them to 340 to max it out. Oh, I see what you're saying. So maybe what they were trying to do is they started with a weight, looked and said, what if we just ship them 45s and collars maybe? Okay. But, yeah, so they're trying to simplify the loading. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was kind of my thought. But then I'm thinking, how many people are going to have five-pound collars? 
are they selling them collars? Wouldn't it just be easier to like put, yes. put like some tape or a strap on there or something? No, it's just easier to use no the collars. 45 pound bar. Yeah. yeah. Hey, because like so a like, straight barbell or a trap? No, tra- I, I'm not trap bar. I'm, I but would a, push a, the trap bar. But the 60 pound trap bar. Yeah, which nobody made except Sornex. Nice. Next thing you know. Someone saw that coming. <laughs> hey. Do you so guys have a 60 on trap bar? We do now. I remember when our last visit, I'm like, that one just was like, of course. Of uh, course it's a 60 I, pound. All right, for the record, guys, the okay. scoring is 10 pound increments. Okay. So it's not like, five, it's not yeah. five or one. So, okay, so that, I, that was, so I digress. Number one, more representative testing of the, the demands of a soldier in these events, Mr. Mr. Gray. A uh, question for you, Luke. Yeah. Uh, in terms of a logistics guy, mm-hmm. again, I'm looking at the score, and it's every ten pounds. Yeah. Like, what's the breakdown? I got to add ten and ten and ten. And t- is this like a CrossFit class? Yes. Where we're doing snatches, and I just add tens. Yes. No, you're going to have to still have a selection of plates there for plate math. That's- and and you're going to have to have a warm up because I assume, uh, like, wouldn't you? Like warm up ahead of time and then just go and hit your three RM and just, like you know like hey yeah. I assuming you know anything but yeah. but shouldn't like I I would imagine if the first time you ever pull a trap bar off the ground is during the ACFT test going to be a lot of those people though. then you know we have not properly prepared our individuals for the now, dem- rigors of demand yeah, so we speculate I think we have as a team that the test is meant to like wag the dog so to speak yeah. so they're trying to change the the solution to shift. The culture of training within Big Army was to create a test that is more representative of what the training should be like. Yes. Which is unfortunate because we know that there's a low adherence to training. Sure. And there's not a lot of like effective, there's not a lot of availability to leadership, squad leadership and platoon leadership that can effectively coach untrained athletes wow. into this type of training paradigm. It's almost like we were going to design a program that went in and educated these individuals and the NCOs so that they would understand the rigors and demands and, and really the training model so that they could effectively take it back to the people that were going to use it, virally infect them with this amazing information, allow everybody to kick ass. Yeah, so <laughs> I think over a long enough timeline, this thing's going to correct, but it's unfortunate because if you're in the know like the team here and our, our counterparts and the folks who are helping us with this, if you're in the know, you realize there's like a simpler, yes, cheaper, and more effective way if you just go private and, and outsource a little bit. But okay, so John, let's get to the point of the question. So that was a lot of background. We got about yeah. a half hour background and I think we're, we're yes. there. So the question is, okay, um, specifically, what do you recommend to, to train for this? And I think what you were alluding to is like, that there's no special way. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. So, uh, like a stand, like a intelligent power athlete strength conditioning system, which looks like like uh, if you wanted to follow, you know, field strong, you know, Johnny Wad Hammer uh, would be more specific for the run. Uh, will more than prepare you for the demands. We also have a program that we wrote for the Texas National Guard that was purely designed around the ACFT that's called Armor. You can find it on Train Heroic. That program is the, I guess we could use the SPP, the specific right. aspect of training these movements in a you know in a training program, kind of in a layout, volume, and intensity, cycling it through, so that when you go to execute this program, it's not new. You've done these movements. You've trained in such a way, and you've gotten coaching on. And you've well. gotten coaching. Yeah. The problem is, uh, and this is something that we presented to the leadership. We did a, a, a private seminar with the general officers and everybody at the 18th Airborne. The problem is that everybody's so focused on the test for like, you know, whatever this looks like. The problem is that's not the real test. The real test is what happens out in a hostile environment. Uh, you know, General LaCamera in our talk made a great point where he's like, you know, if, uh, if you know, something happens with North Korea and, and all of a sudden our next big, you know, movement is on the Korean Peninsula, we will bury 80% of these individuals because of how, you know, the mountains, the cold, the fact that they let off EMP so it destroys a bunch of technology. Low survivability. Low survivability. And the problem is, is because we have not prepared a culture of strength and resilience the way we need to. So my advice is, 
follow a program like a, you know, and uh, I always recommend the power athlete stuff because I have my hands on it and we know it's good, but follow a, a standard, intelligently laid out strength conditioning program, add something like armor in there, which would be your SPP, your preparation for the movements, and then go and smash it and then go on with your day and don't give it a second thought. With the armor layout, so it's 16 week program and it's designed to stick within the 60 minute window of your morning PT session. Yeah. So it's training and it's lifting weights, it's moving more importantly, and then identifying the limitations that we saw within the soldiers we were working with, with uh, the army and the, the National Guard units. So we are lifting weights, we are using the trap bar, and we time block all of this so that you as a leader can then right. put your guys and girls into position to execute this within the 10 minute warm up, the 15 minute foundational strength. And then Wednesdays are the days that we dedicate to the ACFT. So we still do prepare. And how it's broken down is we have the opportunity to perform said reverse ball toss, leg tuck, and everything except the two mile run we have running two days a week yeah. in the 16 week program. But we identify the limitations, feet, hinging. So we give you the opportunity to break these ACFT movements down to their weakness and your limitations, and then connect the dots to the ACFT test action. And that is plenty of time, 16 weeks. Yeah. And that's if you take your ACE, here's my suggestion. Put your people through the ACFT, ACFT test run this program for 16 weeks and retest and you will and enjoy your 40 percent increase yeah seriously yeah, it's it like um this is the problem man like the uh like people become so worried about these tests and like tests are merely uh like uh i guess you could say like a focus lens for the training if your training is intelligent and smart and well put together and you're executing with consistency and effort the test becomes kind of a moot point. It's right. like, yeah, like, you know, if you can pull a 400 pound bar off the ground, a 340 trap bar for a triple is nothing. Right. Uh, if you can, you know, swing kettlebells, power clean, jump, run, I mean, everything that looks like a model for power athlete in our training systems, uh, all of a sudden, like, this isn't a problem. I, I would guarantee, and I, I mean, I, dude, I'd, I'd make this bet, and I'm sure you guys would all day long, we could pluck people from Jack Street, Field Strong, Hammer, all of our different programs, and literally, like, hey, meet us in a field, and we could execute it, and I guarantee everybody's going to yeah, max they, everything out. And without practicing the movements, and maybe not max it out, John, but they would all pass. They like, fucking not smash one it. one person would fail one yeah. attempt. Maybe, you could maybe find... I'm thinking a few Jack Streeters that might struggle with the old two mile run. Yeah. But like a ten minute pace, and if they if like they knew it was all like all on the line, I think they could they could uh, like that ten minute pace. So on Hammer we have a, a dedicated sprint day. Um, so they come in and they sprint, and it's a lot of max effort stuff. Like Charlie Francis, we're running as fast as you can, long recovery on a Monday. Wednesday they come in with some easy effort kind of recovery runs, and then Friday. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of strength and performance and, you know, barbell stuff in there. But then Friday is our ability. I put you through a nice warm up, a nice good prep, a lot of movement stuff. And then we burn it down. And that's your intensity run right. on Fridays. And it's varying distances. We do, you know, you know, uh, three one mile repeats. They'll do, uh, you know, two, you know, one and a half mile repeats. We'll run, you know, three miles. I mean, so it's uh, it's all based off of a template that I've designed. But it's about building capacity. And like my thing is, like, I want you to sprint as fast as you can. We're going to take. Uh, you know, five to seven minute recovery. And then I want to know that you have the capacity to be able to get out there. Repeating. And it's been pretty amazing to go through results and see the times that people are hitting on these. Like we just did two one mile or one and a half mile repeats with like a five minute rest in between. And these dudes were literally torching it and running it like, you know, full intensity and really doing it. And I think if you do that, I mean, we used to have people constantly follow CrossFit football, never practice the old Army's PT test, and then go in and max it out. Yeah. And they were like, it was a, it, you know, and a, they weren't even sprinting or doing their two-mile yeah. runs. Right. So, John, in text, I guess, here's here's what I I could bet. Like, let even, the, so what's nice about the AC, or I'm sorry, armor, is it's it's appropriately programmed and the content and coaching associated with it and movement selection is appropriately programmed for someone who's relatively new to yeah. training, right? Yes. And with that said, though, the movement selection is also appropriate selected. So if you're new to training, you can load appropriately yeah. to your level of strength or capability for this to continue to drive 
adaptation. I think I know where you're getting. Like, if you're following one of the power athlete programs and you have to take the ACFT, don't divert. Yeah. Don't like, like, don't feel like you have to sign up and start doing this. Yeah. Uh, continue to do your training program mm-hmm. and then go on and at least practice some of these movements a few times. Right. On the weekends. On the weekends. Or, yeah. yeah. Just pre workout, post workout. Yeah. Just, just a little SPP. Or uh, my advice to a lot of guys was uh, pick one movement and at the end of the workout, just work on the fundamentals. Like, yeah. if you want to film some videos and reverse ball tosses, we'll do that. Whatever it looks like, just pick one movement and then go out and smash it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably all the sport-specific training you need. And those are – so what's tricky there is, like, the people who are already following our stuff, like, they're, they should be good. And like, just keep doing what you're doing. Now, if you're new into this and you're finding Power Athlete for the first time, Armor is going to be a great place to start and get in there. Um, or if you have to lead others. A hundred percent. like So Armor is also, again – Intent and like intelligently and intentionally designed for not only the individual user and follower, but for a squad leader to use and apply to a small group of 10, 15 soldiers. Also, another option for you, I would bet, like if someone was new to this stuff, got a coach or some coaching and and just did 20 weeks, that's probably, that's a lot. But let's just say 20 weeks of like dedicated training to get strong, right? And after those 20 weeks, was just like, you know what? I'm going to lift one or two days a week heavy. Then I'm going to run two days a week and then maybe do some accessory work. After that 20-week exposure of very dedicated strength and conditioning training, not fitness, something with a, a, a focus on strength and power development and speed development, they would be able to just maintain with a very low training stimulus the amount of capacity strength that's needed to pass this test. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, their training wouldn't have to be that demanding after that 20-week exposure and building A, not B, but A base level of strength. You guys agree with that or is that a long shot? No. I Well, the most difficult, if they are not used to it, that's going to be the, the biggest mountain to climb But yes. once they reach that level. And it's only 20 weeks, and that will last you for years, Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I mean... Um, if you, you maintain it. The, like, you know, when we preach for years on this base level of strength, that if you can give an athlete, like, something like bedrocking, build that base level of strength, and, you know, the, the heavyweight fist fight of uh, inter and intermuscular coordination and fighting through all this and, you know, reps underneath the barbell and grease, and, you know, all, all these analogies we probably used at nauseum, like, the athlete always has that. And yeah. it's relatively easy to access even from a training like, hey, like, hey, I had a training lull and injury. Like uh, for me, um, even if I, you know, I had a shoulder injury and didn't, uh, you know, wasn't able to really hit any strength stuff, came back and I think it was within like five weeks hit, you know, 500 plus on that uh, uh, transformer bar. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, you know, like basic linear progression built back up and was like, okay, that's a base. Now I'll continue to build off of it. And I think what happens is if you've done that body of work on the front side, you have that and it's relatively easy to access with just a little bit of effort opposed from if I've never built it. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess to like dig in now to Brian's like specific question, I'm sorry, Brian, it's like 40 minutes later. Like what about the reverse ball toss? Like number one is like dude. what John said is just do, do 20 a day like, well, for every day. Well, and then, but, like, the biggest thing we saw was that uh, people didn't understand the idea of triple extension. So as you throw the ball, you drive it back at about a 40, let's say like a, you know, not a 45 necessarily, but a little bit more, maybe 45, 40, 35 degree angle. And as you throw it, you get full extension, which involves not only the ankle, the knees, the hips, the upper body. And as you throw that ball backwards, you throw it in an upper trajectory to be able to launch it. What we saw people doing is standing flat footed and then just like, arm like throwing. yeah, arm so throwing. So that's the thing is like using, and that was going to be my point is like, I think a big, my guess, but I haven't seen anybody do this, but my guess would be that an untrained or, uh, and I think who's never done this or doesn't do training that is, um, you know, takes into account violent hip extension, they're gonna use their arms to throw it. Sure. And it's not gonna go far. Yeah. But if you can just let your arms be the lever that swings and releases, targeting, so in within the paradigm of physics and gravity, your target trajectory should be a 45 degree release. 
that's going to get you the furthest horizontal displacement. So, so back, back in the day, um, you know, there was always this thought that you had to Olympic lift to bank athletes. What we found was that we could teach that same pole that we saw in the power clean and the power snatch with the reverse med ball toss. Mm-hmm. And we constantly have used them in programs over the years. And I've used them. Uh, shot putters use them. Like there's actually something, and I forgot, within uh, the shot putters where we'll stand with their heels uh, on like the end of the box and then they take like a two-handed throw and do a reverse uh, toss with the shot put for max distance and it's like a it's, it's one of those interesting metrics that I think Adam Nelson was talking about it that they use like uh, as a like kind of like west side where like hey I did this and it resulted in this they've kind of found a one-to-one so like that idea of like being able to get violent hip extension throw back and get that almost mm-hmm. like not vertical but you know, 45 displacement with your body is key to being able to launch this sucker. Right. It, My ta- point was going to be Trump. Now there's like competency within the trunk to maintain that rigidity to transmit. Like, so they need to be doing isometrics. Right. It's like, there, so there is kind of a chunking component to this. If there's like someone who is just a dumpster fire with reverse ball tosses. Right. I, yeah. I want to talk them just through setup execution. So fucking put push pause, go get your med ball, Bry, and then set up. So now we're thinking reverse ball toss. What I want you to do is stand tall. You're going to bring the ball overhead. So you are starting at full extension with the ball overhead. How you're going to load it is going to be the same pattern we want the ball to track. So you're going to bring it down in front of you. So no bend in the elbow. Your elbows will stay straight throughout the movement. I'm bringing the ball down like a pendulum swinging in front of me like a kettlebell swing. As I hit my shoulders, I'm going to break at my ankles, knees, and hips. So the ball is continuing to, to load down between my legs. Once I feel my forearms touch the inside of my legs, now I'm going to reverse this, and I want you to get violent with it. The ball will still track in that same path that you brought it down, so do not bend in the elbows, bringing it up and out in front of you. Your aim is going to be release the ball once it hits your eye height. So that's that upward trajectory that Luke described. Aim to release the ball at your eyes, but continue your follow through. And according to rules on the ACFT, you cannot fall backwards. If we were in training, yeah, fucking finish and fall backwards and follow through. But we are preparing for this test versus just power. So still aim to release it at the eye height and whip and follow through standing, finishing standing tall with your body like you started, but release the ball at your eyes. So try to pattern this maybe one, two, three times before you actually go through it violently. But we're bringing that ball down straight in front. Do not bend your elbows because that is a good sign that you are arming and muscling this up versus the, using your lower when body. When the elbows bend, the power ends. Mm. Coach Bergner. When the elbows bend, the power ends. And so, for and then one thing that maybe John we could define too is like the triple extension. What that means is, when you're standing, when your your toe like you should be on your toes with your ankles opening up, extending. Your knees should be straightening, and yep. your hips should be hit, hitting like the end point. And the goal is to hit that all simultaneously, as those three joints extend, and you have a nice rigid trunk, and that ball is at eye height. And they're all just levers. All the power that you just, like all the energy you created by straightening your legs and ankles and hips and stuff, if you have a nice rigid trunk and your arms are relaxed, now goes immediately into the, the med ball. Well, this also plays into like compensatory acceleration, the right. idea of like as you're coming out of the back squat. I mean, so think about triple extension is as I'm coming out of the back squat, I drive up and you come up on your toes, right? To like that position of like uh, legs are straight. My hips are locked, you know, glutes are pushed through, chest is upright. And as I'm driving up out of the squat, I come up on my toes. That's triple extension. So I want you to think about as you're loading it to get into that same position, like you're violently standing up from a squat and being able to get some vertical displacement on the toes. Or if you're doing trap bar training, you do less weight, but faster. Yeah. Like uh, uh, trap bar jumps, which have been in the armor hammer program recently. But like a lot of, I imagine there's got to be a lot of isometric stuff. But anyways, long story short, dude, Brian, like... Or just jump on armor, <laughs> like, and yeah. like, and follow to a T. And your your the competency is going to be there. But you know, one of the one of the themes that we often talk about within the paradigm of like a specific test or a skill is opportunity. If you're not providing opportunity for your soldiers or you yourself to practice this stuff, then you're going to come in at a deficit anyways. Yep. So like, just do it. And then oh, I don't have a what is it ten pound? 
I don't have a 10 pound med ball. Go yeah. find a, a rock. Go well, literally. Or find a 12 or a 20 or a 15. I mean, well, just like you a could do some uh, over speed, uh, like over like weighted stuff. But you can use a brick. You can use anything with weight. Anything with weight will prepare somebody to be ready. And that was like, so going back even into like a little more heritage of some of our newer programs, Third Monkey was timely because that was also a consideration, an idea that we yep. were thinking about for the Army when they were out well, in austere environments with yep. very little equipment. Well, that if you so, remember, that was one of the stipulations for the uh, yeah. Texas National Guard that they needed an austere training program, because aka had, Third Monkey. Yeah, they had a lot of they have a lot of uh, guardsmen and guardswomen who are out in rural areas and don't have access to gyms or gym equipment. Yep. So that was like, well, okay, they have to have access to a hardware store. They have their ammo cans. They have their duffel. They have their flak, yeah, yeah, uh, plate carrier, yeah, rock. So, so, like, all of those things can still be used. The trick here is like you move and then you change the environment by adding weight or stress, in this case, weight to the movement. And like, you just move fast and hard, and like, it'll, it'll work. It'll work. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. He's not wrong. He's just an asshole. <laughs> He's not wrong. You're just a dick. All right. All right. I think we killed it. Nailed well, it. I like that was fun. That was a lot funner than I thought it was going to be. Funner or more fun? No, funner for sure. Okay. Well, thank you, Power Athlete Radio, for another episode of some amazing dudes talking about some influential stuff, also known as the Premier Podcast on Strength and Conditioning. Ing. Ing. We did it, Tex. It only took 100 episodes. Ah, I did. Uh, He's back. Condition. He's back, and he's got a glow Zero. To him. He's got a glow to him, doesn't he? Yeah, that's good. Our right. mind's open, so if you've got a question, if you have any more questions. Oh, if you want to learn more about armor, yeah. uh, check the show notes on the on your little podcast app. Click through. It'll be right there. So there's maybe some links there for you. Or you can go to Power Athlete HQ and look under training. That's right. And yeah, more questions. We got more answers. I know there's answers in here. This room, I can feel it. This is the answer room. So you, we need questions to answer. 929-464-464. Zero. 929-ing. And zero. Yeah. Until next time. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time. Bye.